grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust. Okay, obviously that's not the lead-in we want. <laughs> good evening. How's everybody doing? Happy Friday. Everybody having a good Friday? I am. I took a two-hour nap. I'm good to go. I am good to go. I'm going to remind myself not to use that lead-in because it stops four seconds before the end. I don't know what's going on lately with these things. I always have to go back through and reshoot the bloody thing. Anyway, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, and that means if you think you have a paranormal need, we can help you out. It might take us a while to get to you. California is a huge state, and I mean huge state. Nancy can tell you that, but uh, we can help you, and if we have to take our if, if extra time to come to you, we have mediums like Nancy and a few others on staff who can call you before we come out and, and sort through what's going on and some and. and and in many, in many cases, calm things down before we get out there, okay? Or even sort through that it might not even be paranormal, that kind of thing, because that's what we do too, right? So, uh, yeah, so so check us out. You can find us all over Facebook. You can find us over at Twitter. You can find us over at TikTok. You can find us under Ghosty Gal at Instagram. Cool. All right. want to make a quick announcement in that I've been getting requests for this, so I'm going to do it and... I'm going to be teaching a psychic development class on protection. And when I, talk, I say protection, I'm talking protection for your home, protection for you, protection for your pets. Okay. And it's going to be a very, very in-depth class. Um, it's not going to be a quickie uh, hour class. It's going to probably be a two-hour class, maybe, you know, and maybe, maybe a two-parter because there's a lot I want to talk about because there's, there's so many ways to do it. There's meditations you can learn, all kinds of stuff. So um, what I'm offering, and I'm going to get the information up on Meetup tonight, is what I'm offering is $15 uh, per person for the first class, for, for the first class, and that's going to get you some some decent protection techniques that you can use right now in your house. You don't have to go, you won't have to go out and you know run out and buy anything or anything like that, but that'll get you some uh, some stuff to get started with. And then if you want to go further in and, and get more into it. I'm going to have another class that is really going to look at a lot of things. Excuse me. You know, we're going to look at stage. We're going to look at the different types of protection. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, I think it's something everybody can use. And I would love, you know, I'm excited to teach it. And hopefully you guys are excited to join. So the first class will be $15 per person. And we'll teach it right here on uh, StreamYard. I can go up to 10 people. So there's a limit of 10 people per class. Uh, but I can teach it right here on StreamYard. Okay, that being said, it's Friday night. It's Nancy Matt's night. It's casual Friday night. So here we are. And uh, yeah, let's get Nancy on. And uh, we're going to talk about the red brick of God. Red brick of God is something I call my V8 moment. You know, some people call it V8 moment. I should have had a V8. Remember that commercial? The red brick of God happens when maybe you, uh, you're walking down the street and you have heart palpitations. And it feels like a heart attack and it scares you. So you go to the doctor and you find out, oh no, it's, it's just, it's just minor, minor heart palpitations, but you got to be careful and blah, blah, blah. That's like the red brick of God. 
Okay, that's that's God hitting you in the head saying, look, you got to make some changes to your life. And sometimes it's a good thing. Well, the majority of the time it's a good thing. It's just hard to make those changes. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, people that have experienced the red brick of God and what it means. Okay? All right, let me get Nancy in, and away we go. That's a good way to start. I like that. Of course, uh-oh, I'm too dark. Uh, you know what? Lighting is nemesis for sure. You look uh, all right. You look dark on your screen. You look looks, fine at this end. Does it? Okay. It looks like I'm pretty, well, I am dark, but I don't want to be. It's kind of interesting on your end because when I look at your colors, you look like um, it's almost black and white with color mixed in. I know it's a coloring. It's these silly lights. I don't know which button to It's kind of cool, though. I mean, it's it's like one of those colorized things. You know, you know, like like, like those old um, movies that were black and white, and then they started colorizing them. You know, you're right. The skin tone is really not right. Um, they all look like an empire. I don't get on long enough times. Once a week is not enough. Last night I did a video to a young man in uh, Australia, which was a lot of fun. But then I had Wednesday night, it was too bright. And I went, oh my gosh, I'm washed out. Um, I do have uh, Indian skin where the undertone is yellow. So Italians have this coloring sort of, and it's kind of hard. You know, once I get a tan, I get boom, dark, dark. Yeah. But uh, I, by next week, I'm, I will play with this. But when you're on StreamYard, that's when you can see better color. When I tried right. it with Skype, it didn't look this washed out. Uh, the red brick effect, wouldn't you know, I have been talking a lot lately. Hold on, everybody. Um, red brick effect was a word I came up with. Um, how hard did Dick, uh, did God have to hit you with that brick before you paid attention? <laughs> For me, it was stage three cancer, three plus. I was six months away from it being throughout my whole body. And they got it just in time. And in 87, when I was 39, people died. People didn't survive. And once you got diagnosed with cancer, I was no longer Nancy at the telephone company. I was mm -hmm. Nancy who had cancer. That stigma, that title. And it was hard. I was too young. Um, one gal there got a mammogram and got diagnosed. And about four of us went. And of the four, I was the second one to get diagnosed. And I was the absolute last person anybody thought would get cancer. Uh, I was Miss Perfect. You know, the exercise, the eating. Um, I just didn't abuse my body with drugs, alcohol, or anything, anything. And here I was very, very ill. <clears throat> and what that, at first, I was just talking to somebody about the sense of your immortality. When we're young, teenage, 20s, 30s, 40s, even up into the 50s, when you first start seeing the signs of aging, then it occurs to you, oh my goodness, I'm getting older. And you start thinking about what you're going to look like in 10, 20, 30 years ago. Oh, I'm going to be 70, 75, 80, 80, 90. And, you, and then you really start thinking about the ultimate transition. Of course, when I was 39, I wasn't in this environment yet. And it was um, like everybody else, you'd think, well, actually to tell you the truth, at that age, I never thought of dying, but people did. 
and they, mm -hmm. Nancy has cancer, you know, she's going to die. But I did get the sense within a couple of years when I realized, well, I'm going to talk about this. When I started really thinking about where I was in my life, I'd worked for a telephone company 22 years at this point. Let's see, is that right? 22 years. And I had the job most people want. I have a supervisor. I made a lot of money. But no job is perfect when you're reporting to somebody. And sure. I, I, I didn't like, I didn't only different. I worked telephone company my entire career. And um, I stopped going to college to go to work telephone company so that my first husband and I could get married. We got married really young. Dated all through high school, four and a half years. So we were married at 19 and 20. And we got married in uh, 67, June of 67. And I had been, I graduated early from high school as one of those people. And I had a year and year behind me, it's a year, a year and a half of schooling behind me. And, um, and that's what people did. So when I got the cancer, I thought, this is my world. This is the job I, I'm always going to do. And this is my marriage. And I said that preference about going, dating to high school, I'm not going to give excuses. But mm -hmm. when you're so young, you're dating the same person and then you get married and then you're married 20, 21 years, you go, we're not the same people. People evolve. People are even adults until they're 25. Maturity level starts at 25. And so when you think about 39, 40, we were not happy, but we had, um, we did well and we did well. And we lived in the zip, as they said, those years, the zip code where everybody wants to move to. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. And that was really hard to think about um, not having that anymore. We built this great, big, beautiful house. We had property. We had horses. We were runners also. And it was hard to think for me to think about not having that individual in my life since I was 15. And so in those years, people didn't get divorced. So when I got the cancer, it was really hard for me to think about who I was as an individual, let alone a wife and a mother. Most of your audience is too young to know or remember because I'm no longer a kid myself. It, mm -hmm. it was in 1973 or 74 when I was eligible to get my own credit card. But my husband had a cosign for me. Um, I wore high heels and nylons and a dress to work up to 1970. At night, I did the night shift, and that's how we had to dress. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to realize that um, societal norms in those years were very tight. So for me, the cancer was a wake-up call. What do you want to do with your life? Who are you? I had to get to a place of, wow, I'm still sick, but I don't want to be here with this man because we're no longer We're not the same people. Um, he was very um, career-oriented. Um, and I had a great career as supervisor, um, but yet, I, you know, the wife's role was, and I, I was Miss Wonderful and Miss Perfect and the perfect housewife. I had no personality of my own. So when I realized this wasn't it, that mountain I had to climb to get myself in position to change took cancer to make me think about it. Mm -hmm. And I call that the red brick of God, because until you have something so monumental look you right in the eye like death. Remember, everybody got died in those years. And I ended up not dying. That I realized that something has to jar us so big that we will take that next step and change everything.
people don't make changes without something that rattles them to the core, whether it's abused wife or someone goes to jail or they lose two or three jobs in a row and end up in their car. Sometimes we have to have something so big. Rarely do I talk to people who have it wonderful. And if they do have it wonderful, and I have a lot of wealthy clients, that their life isn't that great. Maybe they have to lose everything to appreciate the journey they're going to, they are on. Every one of us has our own challenge. Every one of us has to look at our mortality at a certain time and, mm-hmm. and value who we are in that moment. And that's what we're going to talk about. And Char will put her story in because it's amazing also. And the choices she was forced to make, not necessarily voluntarily, that put her on a trajectory where she is today. But is that what she really wanted to do? I don't know. Um, like I said, we dated all through high school into college and his family was Catholic. So I had to go to the Catholic school. It's like my life. <laughs> and it was just like a progression of normal things. There was a clique of five Catholic couples. We all got married June 17th. <laughs> all five of us. The day after a second two-year graduation from college. So we all got married the same day. I was invited to all their weddings. They were invited to each other's wedding. And we took up all the Catholic churches in the Sacramento Valley <laughs> for that Saturday. All of us had a high noon mass wedding. It's funny now, you know, we didn't, none of us made it <laughs> divorced. I do think of them and I wish we kept touch because they were all Larry's uh, school. And I went to a different school than he did. And uh, it was part of his world. And uh, I can look back with fondness and fun, same couples, you know. And uh, there is humor in life. So, and I will, we'll have a show sometimes on synchronicities situations and uh, coincidences. I'd probably make some of you rattle your head around and say, this can't be possible. Oh, yes, it is. So my wake up call uh, was to evaluate my personage, my person. I want you guys in the audience to listen, but think about how I'm wording things. Who are you? Those of you on the RSS feed driving, I hope you're not watching on YouTube in your car. Uh, Hello, if you are. Facebook people, hello. But I'd like you to make, like you to be aware of your body. You're sitting down, uh, sitting in that seat in the car, or you're watching me on YouTube or Facebook. Do you really know the perimeters of your body, and do you live in your body? Up to that point, we were so busy with life. Both of us on a, particularly my husband's a very fast track, and he ended up the highest. He and a friend developed and. Initiate uh, establish a department of hazardous waste for all of California, and so you don't go that way without a lot of drive, right? Mm-hmm. So, in those years with the horses and the house and the kids and 4 H and all the things we were involved, we were in emotion, but we weren't living in the flesh in the moment, we weren't breathing and noticing that we were breathing, we weren't listening to our dreams, we weren't listening to our hopes, wishes, wants, and desires. Other than the trajectory that we were on, we knew we would continue. But other than that, there was no, by the way, um, first husband, how are you doing? Are you doing what you want to do? Are you happy in your life? We never had a conversation like that. And nowadays, I encourage people to pay attention. You know, we have COVID, we have shootings, we have terrible things going on. And if you haven't come to grips with who you are as a person, how are you going to survive it 
if it happens to you and your family. You know, uh, today I talked to a young a man. <laughs> he's, not, he's not young. He's younger than I am, but he's not young. And his 38-year-old daughter just, the mother died in January and the daughter died eight days later. And the, and the daughter showed up. He'd been trying to connect to her. And he said, okay, I'll call Nancy again. And she was right there. And she says, I'm, I'm so stupid. Excuse me. She said it differently. She says, ah, oh, crap. I've been treating my body very well. It's all my fault. I'm stupid. I wish I'd believed them when they said I only had four years, but I could make it longer. She lasted a year after diagnosis. And that's one of those, you're too young to understand the finality of life, and too young to understand how important your life is. And you never really embody, and you never really take care of your body because it's not really part of who you are because you're your brain. Excuse me, what are you wearing today? That meat jacket. How are you sitting in the car? How are you working? How are you walking? What are you putting into that body? Well, excuse me, I still like my chips. <laughs> Even if I don't, no one's going to tell me I can't eat chips. Well, yeah, I'm supposed to have any salt. <laughs> Charn, I talk about it all the time. So, you know, we are having to take care of our body, especially as you get older and you can't get away with fudging once in a while, Char. <laughs> Have these conversations like i gotta look away i'm not listening to her <laughs> she's not gonna tell me so anyway, so part of what we're talking about tonight is living in your body and being aware that our consciousness dictates how our body will react where we're going to go with that body how you're going to live your life in that body because you can't live and go forward unless you are aware in the moment where you are and pay, synchronicities and coincidences, we will do a show on that. How do you pay attention? We did one on intuition. Mm -hmm. It's quite a while, hasn't it? I think it's been quite a while. We're kind of repeating, not tonight, but some of these shows will have to repeat. So I wrote notes, everybody. <laughs> I do that to keep me on track because some of these, are, you know, I can get more developed in the thought process. Cancer wake-up call and serious evaluation of the meaning of life and how valuable I saw my life and my body. Because the body, and I said this at the time, and I've said it to other people, the body uh, betrayed me. And when is it going to betray me again? You don't know. And we live in a societal medical situation where you have to get sick before they'll treat you with something. You don't know what could be dying in your body, and you don't have time to catch up with what you want to do. Now, I'm not, <laughs> please don't hear it wrong. I'm not telling you to walk out on your kids and your husband. I'm not telling you to quit your job. What I want you is to have better balance in your life so that you can work toward ultimately what you want to do. I uh, I just joined a, a group of women, senior RV women, a couple of groups on YouTube. And over the years, I've wanted just to take off and go cross country. I have clients in every state particularly the East Coast and Florida. And I would love to go visit them. So I did the RV class C. Now I got that big <laughs> ProMaster, Dodge ProMaster, and build it up inside. You know why? It's on my bucket list. When am I going to get to it? Well, you kids will never not be able to get me. I'm going to take my computer and my phone and my book. My books, I have to write them all. But it's part of my journey, even if I died more of a stroke, I did start the process. 
And that satisfaction of identifying what's important in your life in the moment is what we're talking about. Um, and so I want to go to the next step. So I uh, finished the treatments in April of 88. July 1st, 88, I moved out of my house. I ended the marriage. Now we're only talking November of 87. I had November, December, and January, I was in the hospital with surgeries. And this third one was January 18th. January 5th, I was in the hospital with appendicitis. Not really. <laughs> Going to get it, get it all, right? So when I was done with that and I had to go to treatments, April, it ended on April 30th, my birth, uh, the week of my birthday, April 30th. And I thought to myself, um, hmm, where do I want to live if I'm going to die? Because remember, everybody died then. And I realized that I had to take charge of my life. And I had to move out. So my daughter's friends moved me out. Didn't take everything. Not about that kind of person. I left the house. It was really a big house. And we had acreage. I could not ever ask him to leave because I wouldn't be able to take care of it. I did ask my son if he wanted to go with me. Mom, come on. <laughs> the school bus is here. Because he went to uh, Delaware High School. And so he chose to stay with the father. My daughter... Um, was living somewhere else at the time. He said, where she, no, she moved in with me. So anyway, um, that was um, July 1st. And I was still working in telephone company. I went through. Um, so the next step, which I'm building up to what happened so that you understand. Um, April 30th, my birthday, 1990. I had just come from the doctor's office and they said, you know what? You're not going to like hearing this, but we're going to give you a 15-year window because you were sick. And if you don't get cancer in 15 years, really, then we're going to call you cured. Really? <laughs> 15 years? Remember, this was in 87. So 1990, they said, we're, you're okay. CAT scan came out fine. You know, 15 years, right? So I was twiddling down from Auburn, California, where I worked, and I was heading uh, to Citrus Heights. Uh, what, no, I lived on Black Eagle and Watt Avenue, so it was primarily Auburn. And I was coming home, and it was my birthday, and I just talked to the doctor, and I said, yay! <laughs> Not that I could do that day. I had to go home. And I have driven a Volkswagen forever, so it was a lime green Volkswagen. And I'm twirling down the, high, the free highway like this. And I started crying because I didn't know what to do with myself. I was going to live. I had to think about it for 15 years, but, you know, you start out with a clean bill of health. And I was very peaceful because not only did I was out of the house, I was on my own. I was going to live. And I was one of those women that bought the cute little house with the brand new furniture all floral. Not like my shirt. This is the only summer shirt I could find in my closet. It's all pink. You know, of course it is. And I was driving down and I got emotional because I realized I was going to live or I thought I would live. I didn't really know. I'm still alive 33 years later. <laughs> so clearly I did. And I got to a place of watching. Now, remember, I'm driving, right? I can't pull over. But I started getting emotional and I realized I could live. 
and I saw the trajectory of my career with the telephone company. Um, I was uh, pretty young at the time, 42. And I realized that, oh my, what was I going to do with the rest of my life if I was going to die? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. And I was very peaceful in my mind. And I said something. And it was quiet in the car. Um, and I negotiated with the universe. And I said, thank you for my life and my sanity, because clearly the marriage was not easy. And if you wish, I will work for you the rest of my life. Little Volkswagen, everybody. Hold on a steering wheel. I finished that top, that, and the car shook. And I looked around like, okay, tire flat, car broke. These pop-ups are going to be insane, everybody. Okay. Anybody knows how to have me stop that? I um, I didn't know what to make out of this because it happened on the last word. It was like something came into the car, and I had my hands in a steel wheel, and I could feel the presence or the thickness in the air, and it went, Ugh. Goosebumps, everybody. Goosebumps. I got them again someone listening to me oh fudge <laughs> who is that <laughs> we all have synchronicity situations and coincidences this is beyond that at that moment i really didn't know what was going to happen i said something and it was hurt i never had that happen before ever but i knew i wasn't alone in that car i hadn't solidified the belief I have as of today, even though we were of the Catholic, my husband was raised Catholic. We got married. We did some Catholic stuff. It kind of wound down. We found our Sundays busy with horses. The shaking of the, oh, my moment, I'm wondering if you are insane. And I thought so. I was crying. I had been crying, but that didn't shake the car. Was I frightened? A little. Yeah. Like, who heard me? And what does this mean? Are you kidding me? The car shook? No, we're not talking a rattle. The inside shook. I shook. And I was rattled. Like, oh, boy. I'd like you to read some. I want you to hear me say something. It's not very big. I hate it when people read. Not your book, but people. Daniel 10, 20. Do not be afraid, Daniel, he said. For from the first day that you propose to understand and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard and I have come in response to them. Now the angel came to Daniel, but what I'm speaking to is when you humble yourself and your belief is strong in the universe or something greater and on purposeful, you speak to the universe. It is heard. This is a translation of it in our hearts. We will feel the confirmation the universe does hear us. A feeling of peace and calm overcomes you. We can also feel that everything will be fine when we follow the path we choose. I changed those around a little bit. And I do believe that. I did have a sense of calm because I, I was in wonderment of that moment. And I had no idea what it meant. My next thought was, 
and like it's just the moment I get hit by lightning. <laughs> Who takes over? I was not a walk in a step in. No, I was just Nancy, little humble woman, all on her own. And this happened to me. Who talks like this? Who has these things happen? I'd love to hear your stories, everybody. We should do a show on just people's calling in. Mm -hmm. um, I will get, um, I did find it. I looked for this passage, so I may have Sharp put it up. Now, what was going to happen? That oh, fudge moment as you look around for the lightning to strike. This was April 30th, 1999, my birthday. Monday. The following Friday was May 4th the first day to the rest of my life. At this time, the psychic abilities had really kicked in. Not that day, but for a few years. It was in 84. I was um, going to an office. Uh, I was a supervisor. And I came up to this little friend of mine. And I had to give her some paperwork. As I started to leave, someone pulled my shoulders and turned me around. I stood in front of my friend. And I said, there'll be a death in your family. It will be okay. You will have to do the paperwork. And I walked up and left. That night, her mother's sister killed her husband. Newcastle, California. I don't know the month, but I know the year. And she was um, not, she arrested, got arrested. But he was so abusive that she waited for him to get drunk on the couch and hammered him to death. The next morning, you know, I said this around seven, eight people. 1984, I was predicting death. I saw unborn children walk in. So up to this point, 1990, I just shrugged it off. You know, it didn't matter. But God in his wisdom or the divine or the diva or whoever is in charge of this mess or the domino effect I set up before I was to be born got me to this place. And I was kind of like from the oven. I was cooking all this time. May 4th, Friday. <laughs> get me out of this building and i was working in 11795 education street auburn california in front of the hospital so i was driving down the freeway anybody interested pardon me knowing citrus heights california they had built the sunrise mall wow sunrise boulevard was so far away when my person and i bought a house in 67 uh, October 67, we moved out there and everybody said, we're not visiting you, there's just cow patties out there. We got married in the Holy Family Catholic Church across the street in Aldo Auburn. Down the street was the mall, they built it. And that was a big deal. So in 1990, Sunrise Mall was being built up. They had Montgomery Ward, they had stores that don't even exist anymore. Penny's Macy's. <laughs> they did have a, a, no, they had some restaurants, Mexican restaurants. But Friday afternoon, that was where people went to shop. That was the only thing I could think of. So I was going to hit the mall. I'm, I don't buy a lot, but I love looking. Got into the car, dashed out there. Sunrise Mall, here I come, right? Parked the car. In those years, they had a Farrell's ice cream parlor at one end. So I walked in and I saw the kids. It was fun looking at everybody. I had just passed Farrell's ice cream and someone grabbed me. Wait a minute, what, 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 what? And I had the sense of needing to turn around and leave. Well, I just got there, excuse me. <laughs> I'm not leaving. And that feeling came over me of being a compass. This is what you have to do. And I says, okay. 
I got in that little Volkswagen and headed toward White Avenue. Guess what happened? I I couldn't turn my steering wheel. End up at Seven Corners, for those who know. And there was this little tiny house set back from the road with the Madonna in the window. Everybody wants to drive up to Madonna. <laughs> I pulled in and I thought, what in the what am I doing here? You know, 6.30 Friday night, right? Six o'clock or where it was. I think it was early at six o'clock. And so I pulled in and I says, nah. I put a reverse and this big, tall, lanky man came out waving his arms like this. Well, you know how I responded to that, right? Roll that window up. <laughs> and he says, don't leave. You're supposed to be here. I says, how do you know I'm supposed to be here? He says, because you are. And we were looking out waiting for you. That was Reverend Ken Keck. That was the first day. So I went down the street for the rest of my life. Went, got a hamburger. Had a wonderful hamburger. Came back. I had been able to see his wife through the door because both of them were looking out the door when they when I drove up. It was the first night I saw psychometry. And there were eight people who showed up for the readings. And Ken set one seat to my right. And he picked up an object. Y'all had put objects and I'm thinking, what do I have of no value that I could put in the street? <laughs> and he picked up an object of the lady ahead of us. And he closed his eyes and he did what we call a short meditation. I was sitting looking at him. I said, what are you, earth are you doing? <laughs> and he started talking to her about what he was picking up. The caveat. I got the information also few seconds before and when he put the ring down it didn't stop until I jumped up what are you doing oh this is psychometry he says would you like to try well I read everybody in the room within four to six weeks I had 50 35 to 50 people showing up for 15 years talk about practice the universe had got my attention that red brick so many years earlier was the defining moment of my making the decision to work for him and the service I promised before I was born versus something else. Leaving my husband was always going to happen. I didn't have to pledge myself for the rest of my life. And I've told Char and I've talked about this. <laughs> of course, I'd like to retire. This birthday, oh, do I dare even say how old I will be? Did anybody add up uh, 24 and 33 years? I'm not 10. I wasn't 10 when I started working. And I guess I go to a place of thinking, I love what I do. It does help people. I am in service. I do have to pay my bills, everybody. I'm so sorry that inflation has even caused me some grief. But at the same time, I wouldn't have had this happen. I wouldn't have done this if I hadn't pledged. If I hadn't had the cancer, if I hadn't moved out, if I hadn't seen the value who I was as a person on this planet, what could I do? So my thoughts is I will work. If I retire, remember I the pledge, everybody, I will work for you the rest of my life. What if I retire? Is that the rest of my life? Is that okay? I'm not doing this anymore. Am I afraid of that? No, because the opportunity has presented itself for me to retire because I love this. 
and I and uh, we've talked about this. I'm writing a book with Karen Rossing on spirit attachments. Um, I will put all the notes, all these shows together. Then I had eight books to write. Oh, me think how many you know how you go to the dentist i needed some caps replaced these will last you 15 to 20 years good you're going to guarantee me i'm going to be alive in 15 to 20 years maybe that's the the gift that god is showing me says you're going to get some new teeth and they're going to last you 15 to 20 years 20 years let's make it 20 years My teeth will outlast me. Well, I don't think so, but it's a good chuckle. I, I need to keep going because I got more to ask, talk about. Okay, so the last section, um, this is another section. The last section, of the, I want to talk now of your personal belief in saying a prayer. Everybody's sitting there listening and go, oh, I pray for a new car. Oh, I want this. I want that. How humble are you in your desire for a truthful statement? How bad do you want a new beginning? How humble are you? How willing? How far down do you have to go to start from nothing? I gave up the life everybody wanted in those years. The big house in the country. As much money as you could ever spend. The zip code people attire, well, wanted to live. Most of you don't even, never both of those who listen don't know where Loomis, California is. But in those years, if you lived in Loomis, you were on the up and up. You were the upcoming. <clears throat> I think that sometimes we have to be torn down so far as to have the desire to say something to the universe with such a profound, I don't want to say grief. I want to say things like the intention is so pure that the universe will set up that domino to get you where you need to go quicker. <clears throat> I do believe in, I didn't before, when I got into this, I started seeing all the spirit people, it was just on and on. Then I started seeing and talking to these people about their prior lives. And that was a real hard for me. My mother belonged to the Edgar Casey group, um, Madison and Sunrise, I think at the time it was I really don't know. I think, is that, what's the area called? Is that also Sacramento or is that Char? Citrus Madison, Heights, I think. Citrus, Citrus could Heights. be Citrus, Citrus Heights, California. Yeah. And I, for the fun of it, had a past life regression, which I took to be funky donkey. But it wasn't. After a while, I realized that in that life where I was a runner for the Roman Empire, well, let me think here. In this lifetime, people said, Nancy, you're a natural born runner. You're good at that. Where'd that come from? Well, <laughs> how many lifetimes was I running? You have to get to a place of feeling your desire in your heart and that you're willing to change your trajectory, your life, Be not for you, but for your personal growth, for my hair and better self. If the universe's desire for me to seek out the path I was born to do, I'm willing to open the door for that change. You have to word it in such a way that fits you. How do you know if your prayer was heard? Okay, what happened to me can happen to you. You will feel it right to your core. If I had been standing, sitting at work, making dinner, would I have been so profoundly touched by it? Not sure. 
I do talk in the car. I do think about things in the car. It is a choir environment. I don't have the radio on. Um, yes, I drive an noisy car, drive a truck and a big van. Yes, that's a problem. But a lot of for a lot of years, I found the comfort in my car. Just go to the parking lot, the grocery store, park in the back, be quiet, feel the universe around you, feel who you are. What is your deepest dark, your deepest desire for service or for fulfilling who you are as a person for the destiny you were planning before you were born into the body you are today, this meat jacket you're wearing. We are only our brain. We're only our consciousness. This meat jacket just to get us from A to B. But you have to live in it. You have to feel it. And you have to be willing to change it to get what you want. I want to say, too, that I I use the word God. I use the word the divinity. I use the word the diva. He who she he she who creates all um, in reality, it's energy. You set up a pattern of who you are. And that will be until you change it. My pledge to the universe was an emotional vibration shift. And that shift created a new path that I was to follow of servitude, which guided me to the spirit of grace on Friday night. Now, I am sure that my spirit guides or who else is around had a lot to do with it. If God is there and it is his divine to hear each 4 billion, 5 billion people on the planet. He's pretty remarkable. So I think each and every one of us has a trajectory that's co-owned by the people we set up before we're born. We choose a path. And if you choose a path where you end up in jail or you are living on trains or cars, maybe you're having a fun lifetime, not prison. But maybe in this next lifetime, you choose to say, I want to know what it feels like to be 100% dependent only on my wit. So early in life, you decide to stay single or you don't want children. You lose everything and you're in the car and you go, this is fun. Do you know how many people I talk to <laughs> that save up the nickels and dimes so they can do reading for me and they live in their car? Or they live on the couch of people's homes? I have one lady that calls me and she hasn't had it so terrible. She enjoys her life. If it works for her and she set this path up, then so be it. Like I said, sometimes you can have a lot of money and it doesn't mean a thing if you're miserable. Sometimes the poorest of people that can plan ahead and plan a trajectory, plan a path, plan an activity with a husband, those who plan and even vacuum creating the new backyard. If you create plans, it, is, it makes us happy in life because we're co-creating a new beginning all the time. Those of us who jump from cancer to divorce, the career change. So May 4th, 1999 was the first day of my life. I was absolutely flabbergasted. I didn't like the word psychic. In 1990, it, the connotation was very, very negative. Mm -hmm. And I fought it. I fought being psychic. I liked engineering supervisor Pacific Bell better. But when I got into it, was in within a month, I had my first client. Um, two years later, I was making more and not charging hardly anything. I was working two or three, four hours in the evening, all day Saturday and Sunday. And being the supervisor Pacific Bell, you know how they drop, do the job description 60 plus hours a week. 
I kind of left the office up because I had clients. I had, I left the telephone company 24 years. I was uh, 44 years old. I made that break. And if you don't think my family objected, mom, you left dad a cancer and you don't have benefits now. You don't have, and I thought I was still going to die. I mean, 15 years. And so I have something to follow. I say to myself, if I only have five years yet to live, how do I want to live these next five years? I live by that. No, I'm still married to my second husband. Yeah, yep. I'm very loyal and I do like marriage and I do like him. So I'm not bouncing partner, partner, but I have no conduct and I'm staying in this, but how I live is changing. We're recreating ourselves all the time. I was one of the first people I know had a website in 95. I didn't get into Yahoo, um, YouTube, but Shar and I were on Blog Talk Radio. I think she started in 07, I was in 08. And I stayed in it until I moved back to California in 12. We did a lot of shows. You can still find me, Blog Talk Radio, just put yes. in Nancy Matt Psychic or Psychic Nancy Matt. Same with Shar, California Haunts. Hundreds of shows, everybody. Hundreds. So we're constantly redesigning how we look. We're Char, Char, Sunny and Cher, Cher, Char. And the two of us, we're like Char, uh, Sunny and Cher. Uh, she's redesigned herself 20 times in the years that she started. I, I wish I was as pretty as her, but I've designed myself over and over and over. It doesn't matter who you did, then I'll go back because I didn't finish this. I do believe the universe works on like for like and your intention, your energy, of course. And people say, oh, you must be an energy reader. Yeah. I don't, I have never, I love tarot cards. Absolutely beautiful. I never learned them, nor did I learn numerology, astrology. I do what I do. You do what you do. No one is at fault. No one is wrong because we gravitate toward that tool or that process that works best for you. I wouldn't know how to incorporate those things into my brain because I move myself from person to person, from location. I have clients around the world. And ghost investigations, are you kidding me? I've had so much fun with people and their ghost investigations, which I still do with Sharp. And she is planning to do this. I really would like to get into UFO investigations, though. That's kind of like, that would be a lot of fun. I have my own theories of that. We've talked about it. Even if agnostic or atheist, you say a prayer, you mean it, it will be fulfilled. And then when you pass over and come to me and say you're sorry, <laughs> I had the scientist show up at my house with a student. He leaned, and I won't tell him because I talked to Professor Gary Swartz. He's the one that double blind, triple blind tested me. So I'm getting a book that was written by his wife. Um, Rhonda Swartz, and she had Professor Gary Swartz work on page 289. Uh, I had a client that said, I found you by reading one of Professor Gary Swartz's books. And he talks about how he tested you and how it was amazing. And so if you want to read up on one of the things he wrote up, go to my website, Nancy Matz, it's right at the front. I finally copied and pasted it on my website. And I'm very grateful for those kinds of things. I met him in Tucson, Arizona. Got off track again. <clears throat> Stay on track, Nancy. 
I think what I'm coming to realize is that we are heard. I want to talk about something very difficult. What is your belief system? Do you believe that nothing ever can happen to you for you? Do you feel like you are always on the broad end of everybody's um, bad list? Do miss people treat you? And I want you to think about that. How, how you believe in so shall you become. And I think we need to get away from that. If you think you're going to be successful, so guess what you will be. I had a lot of opportunities to really get big. And I thought to myself, and Professor Gary Sports and I talked about it, and he said something in one of his publications of me. He said, even the least known of you are sometimes the best. And what he made reference to was, maybe I'm just supposed to serve the hundreds of thousands of people I've talked to. You know, just why not? You know, why not? Um, and so we make a desire because I had a chance. I did get help, uh, hired people. It was too much work for me. You know, oh, no, no, no. I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much. I must be good enough. I've been doing this for 33 years. But I would like you to talk to yourself on the negative that's happening in your life. What are you unconsciously setting up? Take ownership. That's very difficult. Once you take ownership and you have that shift, you go, oh, that feels good to be successful. That feels good to be known. That feels good. That feels good. Guess what? You're changing your vibration. That's very exciting. You have the rest of your life. Remember, no, only God knows the day and the hour. But it's very possible you could make the rest of your life very interesting. But you have to own your body. You have to live in it. You have to take care of it. And that's very difficult. And Char and I are very guilty. Mm -hmm. Oh, heck yes. Because we we like our body. We like this jacket we're wearing. But it's only our jacket. Your brain controls everything. The thought process, how you feel about yourself, where you want to go. You can still be married. You can have a partner. You can have kids and still create that shift. Be an inspiration for your children. And I have for my children. Like, oh, my gosh, Mom, look what you've done. Has it been all hard work? Oh, absolutely. Have I loved it? More than I can say. More than I can say. Um, I am a minister. Um, I'm not doing the weddings I used to do. And I bring that up only because, yes, you can have ministry in your life. Absolutely. But the ministry has to be part of the package you are, not just your mm -hmm. thought process. Your thought process of who you are, what you want, where you're going is number one. That's what I want you to work on. That's your homework, everybody. Okay. Did you enjoy this, everybody? I hope so. I gave Shar five minutes to finish up. <laughs> I think I in the overlying with, with, with my brick and Nancy knows. <laughs> I do. Nancy knows what Nancy knows what went on, and yeah. I'm not going to go into the sordid details, but it did not. Although it was shocking to me, as athletic as I was, and I was one of these people that would go climbing on rock cliffs and not give a damn, you know, thinking, okay, I'm going to live forever, you know. I was one of those people. Yeah. 
you know, my mother, you know, my mother and I would go hiking. My mother had the same attitude I did. We would go hiking in the mountains, especially up by Mount Lassen. And she would look at me and go, if I die doing this, this is what I want to do. I mean, my mother had the same attitude I had. But my problem was I like fast cars. I like the whole thing. You know, I was one of those people. And when the heart failure hit, it shocked me. It really shocked me because, granted, I was under a tremendous pressure at that point with my family. And um, there was a lot going on. And I just couldn't get over why it would hit me like it did. But it did. So that was the first step for my brick. And I had to sit down and I had to look at my stress. I had to look and see where my stress was coming from. And I mean, you can only do so much with family, right? That I mean, you know, you know, so that, uh, so during this whole thing before, I'm talking about what led up to my heart failure. Part of that stress disappeared June or, or the, in July of the year I was diagnosed. I'm not going to go there. I think it was the year the, or the year before I was diagnosed. I can't remember exactly. Part of that stress mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was gone, but I still had the stress because there were financial issues going on and I was trying to put everything back together and, you know, and, and, and keep everything going here and all this was going on. But I still, when I, once I got diagnosed, I had to sit down and I had to look at my stressors. I had to look at my friend. I had to look at the people around me mm-hmm, and make mm-hmm. changes. And there was one in particular who I was really close to that I had to mm-hmm. chew away start pushing away from that's because very, very no matter, everybody and it's hard to do especially when you've been around somebody for 10 years and, you know you got to finally tell them to and I, I finally told this person i said look you're stressing me out and they right away got, got on the defense mm-hmm. what do you mean i'm stressing you out <laughs> you know da, da, da. and i finally said you're stressing me out so then it got to the point where every time i talked to this person it was all negativity and so i would have to like Big off the phone. See, I can't deal with it. I'm not going to talk to you. Now I just hang up. I don't even deal with it. But that was a lot of the stressors that I was under. Once my mother passed, all that slowed down, but there were still stressors because then you have new stressors. Like Nancy says, it's, it's the new stuff that hits you because now she's not mm-hmm. there, so now I have other responsibilities that I have to look into and take care of. The house and everything else that I'm taking care of. Mm-hmm. Care of. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure out that happy medium. What do I do? I go out, like right now I'm in the process of working on my yard. So what's going to happen? My backyard is going to turn into Hawaii. I mean, that's my thing. I go out there, I meditate <laughs> in the evenings, and it de-stresses me. Uh-huh. We all you know, have so that. I had to what take a do. hard look. Yeah. Look, I just disappeared. Check it out. I'm down where Mario went. We, uh, from what I've yeah. seen, the screen is frozen. Oh, now you're I gone. I think it's because some big newsy thing happened, so I don't know what's going on. <gasps> Maybe oh, that's that pop-up I got. Okay. Huh? So anyway, um, the bottom line is that you have to take a look at your life. You have to see what's going on around you. I may not have a lot of money right now because I'm trying to build this up. If somebody had told me that I was going to be doing this, like 20 years ago, well, even though I was on Blog Talk, I thought that was just something I did. It wasn't something yeah, that we I was enjoyed. Doing for it was fun for us. Mm-hmm. It was something for fun. If somebody had told me I was going to be doing this, I'd have told them they were nuts. Yep. You know, even in front of a screen. I'm very shy. I don't, you know, I don't, <laughs> I'm not a person that likes to be in front of a camera. But I mean, I had to take a hard look at stuff and see where I was at. My health got worse. You know, not only did I have the heart problems, 
I had body, but my body, like Nancy says, how dare your body give out? My once betray athletic you. body. Betray you. To betray me. I used to hike. I used to climb. I used to do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Next thing I know, I've got spinal stenosis. So then I can't do all that stuff. I mean, I was bitter, really bitter for a while because I couldn't do the stuff I normally did. And you're young. You know, I think so the point is that God wanted you to slow down so you would pay attention to what you need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So radio, I had to slow down. To walk around. And, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of the time, too, taking care of my mother helped me slow down because I had to be home more. And yeah. then when she's sleeping, I had all those nights to think about things, you know, and, and, and get my act together. But I had to slow down. So this is what I had to do. I couldn't keep a regular newspaper reporter job anymore because I couldn't be out in the field walking and covering stories and everything. And, and the, the other thing yeah. is, the other kicker part of all this is, is I also can't be sitting like for hours on it either. So it's, it's like a two-edged sword. I have to have that balance. So this was the only logical direction I, I, I could go. Cause I did a little bit of my, you know, yeah. my newspaper stuff. I, I, I could apply all that and, and do this. So, I mean, when that red brick hits, I mean, it's, it, it's a huge adjustment in your life. It's a life adjustment. You have to look <laughs> yes. at everybody around you, everything around you, how your lifestyle is, you know, what, what, what are your limitations? And how can you work around your limitations? Uh huh. You have to do all that stuff. And it's not easy to do. I'm down. And I, I can honestly say this. I have a new group of friends around me. I have one friend around or two friends around me that I have known. One since high school and one I've known for almost 25 years. And she's in the chat room. Okay. So I had to, I pushed a lot of people out of my life that were causing me stress. And I had to rebuild it rebuild all that up am i happier this yeah. way yeah i can say i'm happier this way you know i have my moments everybody has their moments i'm sure nancy has her moments but i'm happier this way i'm happier that it's like this you know but it's something that i had to get hit and then i got hit twice i got slammed by that brick twice the first brick okay it was my back i didn't take notice I thought, okay, I'm still going to function. Pop in a couple of and off, off I went. Give it to her. Yes, you know. in here. But then the second brick hit. Yeah. Then the, the, then the second brick hit with my heart. And that was it. I had to make those changes. I remember sitting at my cardiologist's office, and she says, well, you're going to have to go on this salt-free diet. And I thought, oh, it's going to kill me. But I told her, I said, okay, I'll tell you what. To, starting to tomorrow, I will become a vegan. And she laughed at me. And I did. <laughs> I just totally went cold turkey from there because I knew if I didn't, I was going to die at that point. And now, you know, it's been kind of hard lately to stay on the diet. I'm working on it. And we all fudge after a while. I am a 10 year heart failure survivor. 10 year. And like with Nancy, they only like gave you, you know, so many deaths. Yeah, four or five years to live for you, or whatever it was for you. Usually, the survival rate for congestive heart failure is five years. I'm a ten-year survivor, and I intend to be a twenty-year survivor. You know, that's me. You just listen to me a little so, more, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy is my mother now, my adopted mother. <laughs> I can say that it's fine. You know, Nancy's one of my close friends. We've been friends for a long time. You know, like all friends, we had a little parting out that we came back, you know. So, I mean, uh -huh. it's, it's like everything, you know, everything in your life revolves. 
But you do, and I, and, and I had to get slapped twice with that brick. I had to get it twice. But uh, well, I it, did it was all for the I, good. You know, I, I have to admit, I did too. I came down with Graves' disease. And Graves' disease mm -hmm. is hyper thyroid. I also had Hashimoto, so there was no controlling it. And I got really mm -hmm. sick, and they did a blood test. And they called me up and said, can you get your husband to take it to the hospital? Sure. You know, of course, we got lost on the way. <laughs> Causes a little stress. Mm -hmm. And uh, they admitted me. And the young man, the doctor, came around later on. I had potassium drip in my arm. And he, he says it was one point something. You were three hours away from a fatal heart attack. Wow. Second brick. Second brick. And my, do my Second brick. You know, medical people around me say, oh, that doctor shouldn't have done that. I says, yeah, he looked 30 years old. And he was astonished I was still alive. And I was mm -hmm. 65. And I would have been dead if, if we hadn't got to the hospital within a few hours. I didn't know you could die from no, well, what it is is potassium creates electricity. I had no electricity left mm -hmm. in my heart. Well, how, what kept mm -hmm. me going? Well, the divine did, well, you're not done, honey. So what that yeah. did was it got me moved back to California. I was in Arizona. I felt too far away. I had to have familiar surroundings <clears throat> and that was a change. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. So if you don't it listen, be... I'll get another one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I was making good money, fairly good money as a reporter and stuff. And I mean, now I'm just building this thing up. I mean, it's, it's a business I'm building up. It's taking a long time. We're getting there. Mm -hmm. I'm not making a lot of good money right now. But I mean, that's that's why I'm always like running things at the bottom of the, <laughs> the bottom of the screen here and trying to teach these classes. I mean, I have to survive like anybody else. But I get frustrated too, just like everybody else too. But still, is it a better life? Is it a better situation? Yeah, happier. it's a better situation. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I enjoy doing this. I actually, it's a job that I, I can come in and really love what I do, and I love what I do. I love interviewing people. I love, I love. in fact, in fact the gentleman that was on last night, the, 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 the gambler guy, Um, he likes to, his thing is that that was his brick of God, you know, getting caught for that, and how he, he's helping people, and that's something he wanted to do. Well, when I became a newspaper reporter, it's kind of like a police officer. Some people, a lot of people become police officers because they want to help the community. When I went in to become a newspaper reporter, that was my goal, was to write stories that meant something that would help people. So by doing this, if I can help people, teach them about the paranormal or whatever whatever I'm teaching them about on the show, I'm accomplishing that. That's the You're goal I service. have, so I'm happy. What You're Nancy left us another year. What? This has been a what? crazy night with the internet. Oh, are you, know? you are you yeah, leaking so out again? It's just, yeah, it's a service providing people so I can help them and give and, and teach them things. Just like with ghost yeah. hunting. If I could go out to somebody's house who's distressed over something in their home and help them with it, I have a, the feeling is wonderful. It's, it's a great feeling. But I mean, it took two bricks to get me to that point. So thank you for the big bricks. ones, honey. Big ones. <laughs> But anyway, guys, it it's 738. Thank you. That was fun tonight. And uh, I want to remind everybody, I will have that up probably around 10 p.m. Pacific tonight over on the meetup. It's uh, $15 for the first class. And man, am I going to talk about stuff? I've been taking notes. I've been, <laughs> I've been pulling a Nancy. I got, I I'm becoming you. I'm, I I'm think turning into Nancy. I'm getting all these notes, you know. 
I called. I talked to Nancy this morning, and I said, "Oh my God, I'm turning into you." Um, so I grabbed all these notes and stuff, and, and so um, yeah, I know. You know, as a ghost hunter, when I go out in the field to do a case, I worry about my dogs. I worry about my cats. You know, what if something follows me home? What if something just shows up at my house while well, well, I'm gone, and my dog, my, and there's no protection on my animals? You know. I don't want that. Well, let's word it differently. What if you bring something home and your dogs don't write? On you. So Hold on. Hold on. What if you're doing an investigation and you bring home something and your dogs don't like you anymore? Think about that for a moment, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would suck, wouldn't it? So I want to teach this class for people. I want to teach people how to, how to protect their dogs, how to protect themselves how to protect their houses because you know it's just not all about sage and walking around your houses there's different places there's different ways yeah. you can do it like i always teach about the bubble there's there's stuff other than the bubble there's all kinds of different ways that you can do this i want to teach you guys that all right i want to help you protect your area how about people that come into your house and bring in bad energy or how about you're at the you're at the mall and you run into somebody <laughs> with, with bad energy that's another yeah. thing you know i mean it's all around you so i'll make you all paranoid but that's, you know, that's what I want to teach you guys and, and go over that. So be looking for that tonight. And that, that'll be around 10 o'clock. I'll have the first class listed. But I think 15 bucks is a good jump off point for it. I you know, to get the first class going and get everybody. And when you do, if you, if you do come for the class, bring notes, <laughs> bring a pen and paper. Bring and ideas of what happened to you. Yeah. Because I also found, yeah, I also found some meditations that you guys can do as well for protection meditations, chakra meditations, all kinds of stuff. So we're going to be we're going to be looking at everything. We're going to we're going to be looking at stones that you can carry. Like I carry a medicine bag when I'm on my yeah. cases. This is not going to all happen one There's class, still, everybody. This is yeah. the first. There's just so much out there that I want to share with you guys. Right. Okay. That being said, here we go. Sunday, of course, I'll be back at 6:30 p.m. Pacific. Rain no evil. Great book loving that Ooh, Monday James Martin is going to be with us and this is something we haven't had on here in a long time we know uh, the first year we were doing this particular format I'll oh, wait hang on huh okay I want to know what's going on out there that's got all the that got everybody online today jeez we had a show about uh, America's Stonehenge and that was the first year that we were the first season we did this version of the show and i found and i found another gentleman who is going to be talking about just that his name is james martin he's going to be on at 6 30 p.m on um james martin, yeah 6 30 p.m monday and he's going to be talking about how um ancient so ancients came here before christopher columbus even stepped foot over here mm -hmm. how there's um evidence that egyptians were in the grand canyon why egyptians I love that. Yeah, so he's going to be on on Monday. So be sure to look out for that show, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. So we got jam-packed, you know. Uh, I'm excited. We've got a lot of cool guests coming up and uh, going into next month. But, again, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm putting these classes on because I have to pay bills. Just like I just told you guys, this is what I do. This is how I make my money. So I have to pay bills for next month. Well, you know, the first is coming up. This is what I have to do is start teaching more classes. And I'm going to try and teach more classes. And I, I'd like you to be, you know, it'd be nice if, if I could get these classes and figure out exactly what you guys want to know. What do you want me yeah. to teach you? Okay, I'm just I'm just pulling stuff out of, the, out, of, out of the sky now about what to teach you guys. I'd like to know what you guys are interested in so I can teach it. 
Because if I can get stuff that you're interested in, you're going to come to my classes, right? What was that? Okay. See, I heard that. <laughs> so right. this is what we're going to be doing. Also, I'm going to add in, I'm going to start getting the paranormal version of California Haunts out ghost hunting again. So we're going to be doing some lives. I may charge uh, admission for some of those lives, depending on where they're at. You know, so you guys can watch. And I'm going to be looking for new team members. So as I build this up, so you will have the opportunity and it's called ghost tours. You're going to have the opportunity. We did a ghost tour was the last year, the year before out of the cemetery in Galt. Everybody liked it. But this time these ghost tours are going to be at residential investigations. So oh, cool. Galt, we let you, we, we let you use the equipment. You know, we were just kind of flitting around with everybody, but when we do a residential investigation, it's for, it's serious stuff. And so you're really going to get to use the equipment and learn how to use it and how to investigate. Okay. So this is something we're going to be doing. So just, uh, just stay tuned on that. Okay. But the first step here is I'm going to be teaching that class. And I hope, I really hope you guys come to learn about protection. I really do. Okay. okay? All right. That being said, I'm going to shut up, slide us into the weekend. And uh, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with Thumb five of your enemies. We are, Equal opportunity, right? Give us a thumb up. Oh yes, that's right. That's right. And if you're <laughs> if you're watching from Facebook, and uh, you like what you heard tonight, please hit those thumbs up. Please hit those hearts. Please hit those happy faces, because what that does is it puts us up in the algorithm, so we show up on, on you know more often on Facebook for people to watch. Same right. thing with YouTube. There's a little ghost. Oh, right there. There's a little ghost here. in the bottom right hand corner of the screen, and that's our mascot. Okay, Nancy's better than I am aiming this thing. So uh, that's our mascot. And you click on that ghost, and that's over at YouTube. You click on that ghost, that'll subscribe you. Because if you haven't if, if you haven't subscribed to our channel, what you get out of subscribing to the channel is getting notified when we have a new video. <laughs> it's exciting stuff. And plus, there's another community page where I, where I do stuff over there, too. But if you go over there, there's 581 shows over there. And that's just from this show alone. 581 that we've done in the last three, three and a half years. Then they wonder why I'm tired. <laughs> and if so, you want those investigations, Blog Talk Radio has a lot of investigations. Yes, we have a lot of live investigations on Blog Talk Radio that we did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of them. So you can check that out over at Blog Talk Radio too. But over on YouTube, yeah, that's the way you do it. And if, by subscribing, you get notified every time we, we, we put a video out there. Every time something's scheduled, you'll be mm -hmm. notified. Okay. Now, if that's not it, I'm just overwhelming you guys left and right, right? We have a Patreon. And our Patreon is kind of cool. And Nancy's gonna uh, Nancy and I are gonna decide on the night for Nancy to go on there. And we are gonna be Nancy to answer your questions, more in-depth questions. You know, you know, you can pick pick like tonight's show and go, Oh yeah, I'd like to talk more about the brick of God, or you did a show a couple weeks ago about this, and I'd like to ask you more, you know, more questions about that. You can do that over at the Patreon. Also, with the Patreon, when we do a pre-recorded interview, those videos go up two weeks over there before they, before I release them on YouTube. So this is your chance and your convenience to go over and see those those videos. All right, it, that's five fifty a month. Again, I'm trying to earn money to support all this. So it's not like I'm it's not like I'm in it for the money because I'm not in it for the money, and you guys should know that by now. I mean, it's it's, it's who I am. You know, I'm one of these people. I'll I'll, I'll strike it rich, and I'll still I'll still be going to Walmart. You know, you're not going to see me at the Sixth <laughs> Avenue. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I'll still be at Walmart, Walmart, Kmart, buying tennis shoes and stuff. I mean, that's just who I am. So, I mean, I'm just trying to make, make I'm just trying to make my bills. That's all I care. That's all I care. Make my bills. Okay. That being said, I'm going to shut up now, and we're going to run Nancy's uh, contact information, and I'm going to let you go to your weekend, and I hope to see you guys on Sunday for Rain No Evil, and uh, be sure to check the California Haunts, and if you haven't gone over there already and joined up, the California Haunts meetup site, California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team meetup site, it's free to join over there, and that's where I, I post all, all the events over there as far as, like, you know, any meet and greets and stuff like that, it goes over there, okay? All right, here we go. Let me do this, and okay, who's got the button, right? Well, I'm going to find out what's been going on that's making the internet do this stuff, because, boy, something big happened. That never happens if something big happens. Well, I think that oh, there in I the sports, sports are on the basketball okay. game. Oh, that might be it, and then this thing with the Oakland A's, too. Websites, nancymats.com, the N and M is lowercase, nancymatsauthor.com, the N, M, and A are capitalized. Wow, that went fast. Help, get me out of this funk, Nancy Mats. That's the book, by the way. Two worlds, developing your psychic skills, Nancy Mats. And the unwilling sacrifice, Nancy Matt. And they, those books are available at her website and Amazon.com. The drum roll. Okay. And nobody told me that I had an error in my credits. Nobody tells me anything. Why don't you guys tell me these things? I had to fix the error in the credits. I'm not going to say what it was, but the, there was a glaring error I noticed the other night. I don't know why. It took me like two years to notice it, but it was there. So whatever. Okay, guys, I will see you. And uh, I'll see you on a Sunday for Rain No Evil. Bye. <laughs>